listening to the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies, techniques, and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment. Life isn't about external success. It's all about fulfillment. Or in other words, how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Art of Fulfillment podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and today we are talking about one of my favorite topics of all time, the tactics of mental toughness. Now, I did a podcast episode with my co-host on the Thursday episodes, Ryan Wilson, um, all about the strategies to mental toughness, like how do you build a routine that's going to allow you to be mentally tough, build that skill, and I also did an episode, um, solo cast, just me, all on how to build consistency and discipline in your life, which are basically the hallmarks of mental toughness, more or less, right? So while those episodes were all about the strategy, this episode is all going to be about the tactics, meaning, meaning when you are in situations of difficulty, the really hard things, like when you're actually in it, right? You're feeling that pain, you're feeling that fatigue, you are going through that difficult conversation, whatever that thing looks like for you that requires you to be mentally tough in those moments, what do you do in order to push through it? And not just push through it, but do it in a way that's going to allow you to come out more fulfilled, come out better, come out stronger, come out successful, whatever word you want to do. You want to get out of that situation in a way that is productive and moves you closer towards the person that you want to be, as opposed to quitting, right? Because quitting is a way to get out of things, but we don't want to do that. We want to go through it and we want to be the victor of our lives. And that's what we do um, here in the Art of Fulfillment podcast. So... Before I get into the actual tactics of mental toughness, I want to talk about, number one, quickly, why mental toughness is such an important factor when it comes to fulfillment, because I always like to tie everything that we talk about to fulfillment, because that is why you're listening to this podcast. You're listening to this podcast because you want a meaningful life, one where you have that deep sense of fulfillment and meaning and purpose that just totally makes you look back on your life and say, damn, I lived right and not right for other people, not right in other people's lens, right in your lens, right? And so um, I'm gonna link mental toughness back to that, and then I'm gonna share my journey on why I develop these skills and why I use these tactics on a daily basis pretty much at this point to help me get to where I'm at, and then I'm gonna go right into the tactics. So number one, first and foremost, why is mental toughness so important to cultivate for fulfillment? It's because The things in life that are usually the most fulfilling require you to be mentally tough. We all inside have some sort of calling or some sort of idea of where we want to go in life or goals that we want to accomplish or people that we want to meet or things that we ultimately want to make a reality in our lives. And more times than not, there are things that scare us. There are things that are uncomfortable. There are things that are difficult. There are things that are require us to show up no matter how bad we are feeling on a given day, right? And all of those things are difficult because we're faced with resistance in our mind away from it, right? Because it gets us out of our comfort zone. And as I say many times in this podcast, your brain is meant to keep you safe. It's not meant to keep you unco- it's not meant to keep you in a place where you're always striving for more because more times than not a fulfilling life requires you 
to be the best version of yourself because if a fulfilling life was easy, everybody would live it. But the reality is not many people are living it. And I think the reason why a lot of people aren't living that is because mental toughness is something that isn't taught to people. Now, I was going to say originally that people don't have the skill of mental toughness. I think everybody, you know, has the ability to learn that skill. Take it from me, for an example. I used to be the biggest fucking wimp ever. Seriously. I used to be the biggest wimp you can ever imagine in your life. Would run away from every challenge. And I knew that if I wanted to get to where I wanted to be for a life that I knew was going to fulfill me, which was, you know, building a career path that allows me to not just motivate and inspire people, but actually have them take action to create fulfilling lives themselves, which is my mission. I knew I had to go through very uncomfortable things and stretch my capabilities and push myself to the limits because if I wanted to be the best in that area, which I do, I'm going to have to play on that level. And that requires me to be the best, right? And that's a fulfilling life for me. But for most part, again, like a fulfilling life isn't easy for a lot of people right? Because again, if it was so easy, everyone would do it. And a lot of people think, oh, well, I want to just go out and enjoy my life and relax and do all those things. But that's not really the thing. We all want to contribute in some way. We all want to grow. Those things are two human needs. It's contribution and growth, right? And those are the key pillars of fulfillment. And because contributing isn't always easy and growing is definitely not always easy, right? See growing pains in the dictionary. We need to learn how to be mental toughness, mentally tough. (laughs) We also need to learn how to speak, Joe, but we need to learn how to be mentally tough in order to continue growing and continue contributing even in the moments when we don't feel like doing it. So that's why mental toughness is so key. And let me tell you this, one of my favorite quotes of all time, because it's goddamn true, at least for me, is that there's no feeling in the world like pushing yourself to the point of giving up and then not giving up, right? Think about the times in your life when you were pushing yourself, whether it was something mentally, whether it was something physically, whether it was something emotionally, whatever that was, and you had that voice in your head telling you to give up and you did not. You pushed through to completion and you didn't only push through to completion, you pushed through in a way that made you proud at the end of the day. How did that feel? I bet that felt absolutely amazing, right? And so there's something to be said about having that skill of mental toughness that pushes you through the difficult things in life that gives you that sense where it says, I can take on the world. Right? Even just listening to that and just saying that like gives me the fucking chills and I'm hoping it does the same for you. But that's why mental toughness is so important. And again, just really brief on my story. Um, I'm going to be really quick on this because I want to get right into the tips and tactics and techniques for you to go out and actually apply mental toughness in your life. But uh, for me, I was always a scared kid. Like every time there was always a challenge, a new opportunity, something to stretch myself, I would either run away or I would like commit to it and then just totally quit midway through and just be like, eh, I guess it wasn't for me. When deep down inside, I knew I was just copping out. I I wasn't mentally tough to go through um, pushing myself and, and putting myself out there and stretching my capabilities. And so that's why I not only wasn't reaching or, or expanding what I can do and my capabilities and getting closer to my potential, but ultimately why I wasn't fulfilled in life, why I was so miserable. It's because I wasn't pushing myself because I didn't have the mental toughness to get through it. And if you're someone to this listening right now who's just saying, oh, I'm just, I just wasn't born a mentally tough person, that's okay because this is a skill you can learn. Let me be an example, right? Let me be an example. Again, I went from someone who's so mentally weak 
to someone who is able to run ultra marathons. And yeah, and, and that's a mental toughness thing. Like, sure, it's a physical endeavor, but that's a mentally, mentally tough sport. That's why I do it. I do it for the mental game. Now, let's get into the tips and the techniques on how to be, how to apply mental toughness in difficult situations, okay? So, now, I guess first and foremost, what I, I will preface with this is that before I get into the, the techniques, and I know you're probably like, dude, just give me the fucking techniques. I just want to say one really quick thing is that the best way to practice these things is by doing uncomfortable things every single day. Like, let's face it. You might be in a position where you're feeling pretty comfortable in life and you have If you are in that position, you have to manufacture events that put you in uncomfortable situations. And so here are some ideas that um, you can um, really apply deliberate adversity into your life. And that's a saying uh, coined by Joe DeSena, which is just amazing, deliberate adversity. Um, So if you want to practice these skills of mental toughness every day, you can do things like working out, right? Working out is a great, great way to practice. This is how I learned these tactics of what worked and what didn't. So that's a great way. Number two, you can take cold showers every single day. Those fucking suck, man. They're 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 so bad, so bad. Um, and I bet like you're even thinking too. Oh yeah, that's shitty. That's the point. It's in those middle of those cold showers. You can apply these tactics to help you out. So that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is and and this is like if you have like social anxiety or things like that. Now. It's funny because I'm a very extroverted person when it comes to people I'm comfortable around, but like when it comes to like new people or random people on the streets, it's it's a little tougher for me to talk. And I actually, especially for women, um, I used to get very, very, very anxious whenever, um, you know, there was a really cute girl or whatever, and I wanted to go talk to her. Like I would just feel this overwhelming anxiety that would be really hard to break. So. Um, one thing that I would do to practice deliberate adversity would be go find cute women and just talk to them. Like, don't even like, you know, try and flirt with them or try and get their, just talk to them. Right. And that was really uncomfortable to me. And it doesn't have to be women for you. If you're a woman listening to this, we have a lot of women listeners on this podcast. It can be either talking to a cute guy or if you are taken, like going and talking to random people, right? Like if that's uncomfortable for you, this is one way where you can apply some of these tactics. Now, those are three ways. Let's get right into the tactics themselves. I got five of them for you. They're so powerful. I use these, quite frankly, almost on a daily basis um, because I, I work out and I'm in the middle of a 50-mile training program. I'm about to start training for an Ironman after it. So, yeah, it's going to it's gonna come in big time on that. So, anyways, let's get to the first tactic. First tactic is one of my favorites, and um, it is by David Goggins, uh, as listed in his book, Can't Hurt Me, which if you have not read that book, fucking read that book it is it is it's my top it's a top two book for me for sure um it's number two but it's it is close to number one and when i tell you that it it had one of the most profound impacts on my life in terms of um not just having me seek uncomfortable situations but to build mental toughness itself so um yeah i learned this from this book and it's called the cookie jar tactic I fucking love this tactic. It's amazing. So the cookie jar tactic is basically when you're in the middle of a tough situation, what you want to do is go into your mind and reach into the mental cookie jar of all the times that you were a fucking badass, you fucking succeeded, you pushed through adversity and made it out the other side victorious, right? So for example, it looks like this. You're, let's just say you're running, right? You're in this middle of a situation. I'll actually, I'll talk about, um, you know, 
uh, Goggins, how he applied it. So he was in a hundred mile race. Um, and he had never ran more than, I think it was like 10 miles or some shit beforehand. Like he just never ran more than that before. And he went out to go do a hundred mile race. And at like mile 70, he was broken. He was pissing himself. He was shitting himself. He was like, had like broken, like broken legs. Like it was, it was just unbelievable. And in those moments, what he did was he went back into his mind, opened the cookie jar in his mind and remembered the time where he conquered Navy SEAL Hell Week, where he conquered these difficult challenges in his life where he conquered this test that he had to take in order to get into the military even though he had a learning disability and he remembered all these times and reminded himself of such a badass now why is it so po- why is this so powerful it's so powerful because in those moments of difficulty usually the voice in our head is telling us how not great we are, how weak we are, how we should turn back, how much we can handle the pain, how much we can't do that, right? How many of you can relate to that? You're like, fuck, yeah, that's exactly why I go away because my fucking asshole brain is telling me how much I can't do this thing or how much I'm not capable of doing those things. And it's in those moments because that voice is coming in, we actually start to believe it. We think, oh yeah, I can't handle this. I'm not a badass. So we have to actively challenge ourselves to remind ourselves how much of a badass we are, how, how strong we are, how resilient we are, how we've gone through tough things in the past so we can do that right so that's what you have to do with the cookie jar is in those moments you are reminding yourself that you can do this that you are a badass and that you have gone through things in the past that are hard and made it through the other side and just doing that gives you this extra sense of power and kicks that negative voice right in the fucking cojones so that you can take control of the situation and keep going forward and let me tell you you get amped up when you remember that shit so that's a technique that i like to try Now, a common question I get to this is, what if you don't have a lot of things in your cookie jar, right? Number one, I would doubt that you don't have a lot of things. And if you are feeling like you don't have a lot of things, sit down and start to write them down. Like that is something that I like to do every once in a while, especially when I'm feeling really shitty is just write down like all the times in my life where I made it through tough times or all the things that I'm proud of, right? It doesn't even have to be things that were tough. It can just be things that you're proud of. Maybe a goal that you set for yourself that you achieved, or maybe like a job that you got that you never thought you can get that you did. Or maybe it was this like relationship that you got into that you never thought was possible. Whatever those things are, write Write those down, build those cookie jar, build that cookie jar up, fill that fucking cookie jar up so that you can pull out those amazing, amazing reminders when you're in the moment of the suck and it's going to help you. But now I hear you saying, or some of you saying, <laughs> Joe, okay, I try to write it down. I, I couldn't get anything. Well, here's your opportunity. Remember what I said four minutes ago is that, you know, you can work out. You can take cold showers. You can go talk to random people. Whatever the uncomfortable thing is for you, you can build your cookie jar up. And the way that you build your cookie jar up is by doing the hard things, right? And so putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, like even like going in like to a five minute cold shower, which is actually a long fucking time for a cold shower. If you haven't done it before, it fucking feels like you're in there for like an eternity. (laughs) But um, doing things like that consistently helps to build your cookie jar. So if you don't have a lot of things in your cookie jar right now, I encourage you to go out and do challenging things. Sign up for a race, go to a workout class and commit to doing it 14 days in a row. Stick to a diet. Um, Go out and learn a new skill that you don't think that you have the capabilities or talents to do. Whatever it is, like build that fucking cookie jar up and I promise you that if you utilize it in those moments to suck, it's really going to help out. So that's the first one. Number two, this one is not very intuitive and it's so fucking powerful though. And I learned this from Mark Devine, one of my favorite fucking human beings on this planet. Um, Guest on this podcast, had a huge impact in my life. Um, And so... 
this is a really, really powerful tactic. It is the power of the breath, breathing. And you might be thinking, what the fuck, Joe? Like breathing? Skill of mental toughness? Well, let me tell you this. So I learned this mental toughness technique from Mark Devine. And he went through Navy SEAL Hell Week, or not even Hell Week. He went through the entire Navy SEAL training program. Sorry, I don't mean to discount you like that, Mark. He went through the entire Navy SEAL training program. He was a SEAL, um, very, very successful um, in his um, in his tenure as a someone who was a Navy SEAL. I don't know why I kind of went over that over and over again, but, um, and he's a successful entrepreneur as well. And so he utilized the breath as one of the biggest tools to help him get through Navy SEAL training and the situations of high stress when he was a Navy SEAL itself. So, uh, doing the operations and everything like that. I don't know why I really couldn't speak there, but I'm going to get back on track. Don't you worry. So, he was the one who first brought it up to me. And at first I was like, yeah, right, whatever. And then I applied it. I applied it in my long runs. I applied it in my ultra races. I applied it in my workouts. I applied it in the middle of a cold shower, right? Like for those of you who know Wim Hof, like, dude, that guy is fucking crazy, like crazy. And I mean crazy in a good way. Like this dude fucking climbed Mount Everest in just a pair of shorts. Like let that fucking sink in. And one of the biggest things that he said helped him to do that was breathing. Okay, breathing. Now, what does that specifically look like? So there's two different things that you can really do. Um, There's one in the moment, and then there's something that you can do on your own um, in order to just really cultivate that sense of breath awareness and breath control. So number one, when you're in the middle of a situation that's really, really stressful, all you have to do is just shift your focus onto your breath. Shift it to your breathing. Take control of your breathing right? That's one of the biggest ways. And if you really want more specifics on that, one of the things that I really like to use is the tactical breath, which I learned from Mark Devine, something that he used in really stressful Navy SEAL situations. Um, Basically, what it would be is just you inhale for four seconds, and then you exhale out your mouth for eight seconds. Or if you're really panting heavy, like you can slow it down. Um, So meaning like you can inhale for two seconds, exhale for four, or inhale for one, and then exhale for three, right? Whatever you do, you like your focus should be on making the exhale longer than the inhale because what that does is it activates your body's parasympathetic nervous system and which is your body's calming mechanism and it allows you to physiologically get calmer but here's the thing too not only does it have that physiological biological effect whatever the fuck you want to use there um most importantly what it does is it gives you a reminder it gives you a reminder that because you are breathing you still have a choice if you can breathe, you can choose. And shout out to Josh Trent for another former podcast guest for hooking me up with that quote. If you can breathe, you can choose. Because no matter what, the breath is always there. The breath is there. If you're breathing, that means you're alive. And if you're alive, that means you have a choice. And in that moment, your choice, the one that you really want to do is keep going, keep pushing through, keep making it through that other side, no matter how hard it gets. And getting that sense of breath gives you that sense of presence too right? Because a lot of the times in the middle of the difficult situation, your brain is going all towards the future or all towards the past. Meaning like in the future, it's saying, dude, if you keep going, you're going to fuck this up or you keep going, like you're going to get hurt. Or if you keep going X, Y, and Z, right? And you're in the future. When you're in the future, you get way, way too stressed if you live there too long. And then you just don't want to keep going. Like you're like, oh, if I stop, all those future projections are going to stop. 
or your brain is thinking about the past. It's thinking about all the times maybe you failed, and that's the time on default. That's that's not applying the cookie jar, right? It's going to think about all the times you failed, all the times you couldn't do it, like blah, 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 blah. It's going to go to the past. But when you breathe and you focus 100% on your breath, you are fully engrossed in the present moment. And it is it is tough. I have never really been in a moment of pure presence, fully in the moment, where I felt stressed, where I felt a sense of like just wanting to be somewhere else or sadness, whatever feelings that tend to come up in mentally tough situations. I haven't felt those things. It gives you that sense of presence. So breathing is amazing because number one, calms down the physiological effects. Number two, it reminds you that you're in fucking control. And number three, it brings you in that sense of deep presence that is just like amazing. And and it's really interesting too because you're like, oh man, that's like mindfulness and meditation and all that bullshit. Well, you know, Mark Devine, again, Navy SEAL dude, he's a big, big advocate for mindfulness and meditation and all those things. And it helped him to ultimately get through Navy SEAL Hell Week and training and all the operations that he was on as a Navy SEAL. So take it from him, Navy SEALs, people who probably are some arguably believe the most tough people mentally tough people on the earth and David Goggins for those who aren't familiar the guy who did the cookie jar he was also a Navy SEAL as well so we got two tactics from SEALs here um so yeah this is um yeah it's a really powerful thing use the breath focus on it it's going to be great number three now I, I put this one number three because like I think you're going to listen to this and be like oh I knew this one because it's like such a fucking it's such a popular phrase in self-help nowadays, um, especially uh, popularized by Simon Sinek, but it is powerful. Like, it is really, really powerful, and I, and I don't think people utilize it enough because it's, it's shoved down people's throats in the self-help industry, but it's really fucking powerful, especially in the mentally tough moments, and that is knowing your why. Why are you doing it? And I don't just mean like a why are you doing it? Like you read the sentence and you're like, oh yeah, that's why. It's like you read that sentence of why you do it or you say that sentence or you tell someone or you you know post it on Instagram, whatever. Whenever like you see that sentence in your head or hear it or whatever, you get the fucking chills. Like you get like, you literally feel like a, a chemical response in your body that responds positively because when you do that, like, you know, it's a compelling why, you know, it's something that will keep you going in the dark times, because if you have a powerful why you can get through anyhow. quote by Viktor Frankl right there. I believe the actual quote is he who has a powerful why can can bear almost anyhow. And so for Viktor Frankl, that's a man who, if you have not read the book, Man's Search for Meaning, get that book immediately. It is phenomenal. But he went through, I believe, three concentration camps in Nazi Germany um, and and survived it. And he really found what made the difference and not only his survival, but those who survived in the camp versus those who didn't. And one of the biggest things was having a reason to keep going, having a reason to live. And once people started to lose their sense of their why, they would end up dying because they would just fucking give up or they would like do that. Now, I'm not, again, listen, Jesus, I'm not like... <laughs> I am not saying that like people in the Holocaust were weak. Like, trust me, there was a lot of strong people who died in the Holocaust and I'm not going to do that. But it's really interesting to see from someone who survived three different camps who a lot of people didn't survive in general, get through and see these things. And he was also um, a hypnotherapist, I believe. 
I know he was a doctor, a psychologist, neuroscientist. I mean, I don't know exactly what he was, but <laughs> off the top of my head. But anyways, it was someone who studied um, how the mind works, essentially, and what makes the difference. So definitely amazing read, but it's just so interesting to see that that was one of the reasons why. And I found it out for myself when um, I remember the first time I ran a marathon and it was very, very difficult situation. Um, it was hot sun. I did not get a good night's sleep. I did not eat well the day before. Honestly, it was a terrible, terrible um, recipe for a disaster. But in the moment um, when I was at like mile 18, I felt like quitting. I just remember thinking about like why I was doing it and what was my reason. And my reason always, especially for pushing myself in the situations where um I'm doing long runs or any endurance challenge. My why is always to set an example to other people to show them that they can break through the limitations that they perceive that they have on themselves. So like in those moments, I'm thinking about how pushing through is actually going to help inspire people. And in some cases, it's going to help to save people because like I've had people who have like, and I'm not just saying this to brag. I'm just saying this as like what, what keeps me going right? This is my why. I'm not telling this to you to brag. I'm telling this to you to like see why this is so compelling for me is that like I've had people reach out to me being like, I've been in a tough place. I felt like killing myself and I listened to your podcast. I saw that you finished that marathon. I saw that you did this and it helped me to have a little bit of hope each day to keep going. Like, goddamn, like that is powerful. And like, I remember that in those moments, like that keeps me going. That's my why. And just knowing that gives me like this renowned sense of energy that is way deeper than any other self-serving motivation ever. And so, um, yeah, that just keeps me going, knowing your why. Um, so if you don't know what your why is, I would say like sit down and spend a good 30 minutes like trying to define your why. Not just like your why for life, right? Because like that's a huge question, but like Think about like the really tough situations that you're putting yourself in, whether it's at work, whether um, it's in your business, whether it's in, you know, difficult relationships, maybe, maybe you're in a period of a relationship that's really difficult, but you know, you want to do it. Like, what's your why? Like, why do you want to keep that relationship going? Like, why do you want to do it? And here's the thing, like, you're probably going to write it one or two or three times and it's, and you're going to look at it and be like, eh, it's not that compelling to me. That's the thing. You got to make it compelling. You have to be able to get to that point where you read that why or you write that why and you feel that reaction inside of you. You feel like that like power come up in you. I don't even know if power is the right word. It's just like this this wave of just inspiration, but not just like inspiration like a, oh, I'm going it's deeper. It is fucking deeper. And so I would say refine that why over and over again until you can get so fucking excited about it. And then once you do it, close your eyes and just like repeat that why over to over and over again to you because when you repeat things over and over again what happens is you it becomes more familiar to your brain and it becomes much more accessible especially in the moments of difficulty itself okay knowing your why is powerful and if you need some inspiration for your why i always say like make it something bigger than yourself because like you can go out and say because i want to be the best that i want to be yeah like honestly like that actually even just saying that like really got me amped up but what gets me even more amped up is like i want to do this for other people like i want to help other people do this and like i'm doing this for like my family or i'm doing this for like my girlfriend or i'm doing this for like my kids if you have kids like right like like we as humans will do more for other people than we will ever do for themselves right think about like like the mother who has like who will lift a car up like to save their kid right it's a common example that's used but 
that's like the power of a why because they want to save their kids they're gonna live the fucking car like it's crazy so like really just get super clear on your why and pull it out in those moments that are really really powerful and that's going to help you okay so that is number three knowing your why so let's review the three tactics really really quick i'm going to share two other quick tactics and then um and then i'll let you go apply them because again knowledge is worthless unless you go apply it and that is always the emphasis that i have on here on the other film and podcasts don't just listen to it apply it so number one the cookie jar tactic remember in those moments remind yourself of what a badass you are all the amazing things that you've done and you will keep going number two utilize the power of the breath focus on your breathing use the tactical breath remind yourself that if you're breathing you are still in control if you are breathing you are in the present moment and you are fully there which is one of the ways to cultivate inner peace. And then number three, know your why in those moments when it's really, really tough and it'll help you get through. Okay, last two topics here. And the one topic you can use pretty frequently. The other topic I think you should really use in only the darkest of times, and I will explain why. Number one, I should say number four. Number one, come on, Joe. Number four, use the power of micro goals. This is a really, really huge one. And it's something that it, it's not as sexy as the other ones, but it really, really helps. It makes a huge, huge difference. And that is basically all you do is just focus on the next step, the next action, like the next tangible thing that you have to do in order to keep yourself moving forward in whatever situation you're in. So I will give you an example, right? There was one run that I did, um, I believe it was a month ago. So for those of you who don't know, I'm running um, a marathon once a month for six months. Um, so, and, th- and that's all in one day too. So it's like, you know, on one day in April, I ran a marathon. One day in May, I ran a marathon. Um, so yeah. So there was one marathon where I did out here in Phoenix and it was like 110 degrees out and I was on like mile 18 and I was just struggling, just fucking absolutely struggling. And I could have told myself in that moment, it's like, damn, like, you have like eight miles left to go. Like, fuck, man, you got eight miles left to go. That's, that's, that is not, that's not that far. I mean, sorry, that's not that short. (laughs) This is far, but it's not that short. Um, I could have told myself that. And that's like what the mind will default to in those moments. It'll be like, you have still have so much to go. You still have so much to push on to. But what's much more manageable? Thinking about the eight miles that you have left to go or just thinking about, you know, the next 100 yards that you have to go or the next foot or the next step, right? Or the next little checkpoint. So when I caught myself brooding over the eight miles that I had left to go, instead of that, for the remainder of the run, what I did was switch my focus on just like literally the next cactus on the trail. So I'm in Phoenix, I'm in the desert, there's cacti everywhere. So I would just look for, you know, a cactus that was there and I would look at it and say okay my goal is to make it to that cactus I would make it to that cactus I would say fuck yeah I made it to that cactus look for another one and I would go to that one and I literally did that for the remaining eight miles and honestly it was so much more manageable and so whenever you're in a task break it down into small chunks because that smaller chunk that you do is going to be way more easier to handle for your brain as opposed to the big thing now here's a kicker on it and I talk about this like over and over again on the podcast that 
I almost want to beat it like a dead horse because it's so fucking powerful is that in those moments when you complete that micro task, you actually want to do a little micro celebration. You want to say, yeah, fuck yeah. Good job. Like that was amazing. Like you did it, man. Like talk to yourself, whatever, whatever you do, hype yourself up after you do that, because here's what happens when you, every time you complete it and then you reward yourself, you're like, yeah, like this is amazing. What you're doing is building momentum. Momentum is built off positive forward motion. And so when you're rewarding your brain in that moment, being like, yeah, that's great. You're training your brain, not only that reaching these micro goals are actually going to lead to this mental reward for you, but most importantly, it's going to lead to this, this continuous need to just want to keep going right? Because you know, it's going to lead to feeling good. You know that it's just, it's working in that moment. And when something is working, you want more of it. So that is one way how to play into your brain as opposed to just thinking about the eight miles. Because if you think about the eight miles and you get through mile one, you're like, fuck, I still got seven miles, right? And you're like, just listen to that. It's just like, shit, it's so disappointing. But like, you're saying, okay, all I have to do is make it to the next cactus. Like all I have to do, not thinking about the cactus after that or that or that or that. I'm just thinking about the next cactus I have to go to or the next step I have to take or the next email I have to make or the next call I have to make or the next conversation I have to have, right? That's it. You focus on that, your brain's going to be able to handle it much, much more and you're going to find yourself moving forward and you're going to build that positive momentum going forward. And finally, there is one last strategy. Now, I want to make this one Um, or I should say, I want to make a disclaimer about this strategy. Only use this strategy in times when you really need this the most and never make it your default strategy. There's a specific reason why I say this and you're going to see why. And because of that reason, it is why I held off from not only teaching it to people through this podcast, but also implying it in my own life because I can see the bad path it can lead to when you abuse this strategy too much but goddamn let me tell you when when you apply this it is so fucking powerful so use this one with responsibility i would say use this one like 20 percent of the time and like the other 80 percent focus on the first four you're gonna see exactly why um when i say this and that is use the dark side to push you through and when i mean the dark side is using the power of anger, the power of ego, the power of wanting to prove other people wrong. Now, in the end of the day, those things are not going to lead to fulfillment if you sustain it over the long term. But they are very, very good things to pull out and utilize when you need to push yourself through something that you know you need to get done or you know you need to get through, but you just don't have that mental energy to go through. Because let me tell you this, like, Having all this positive thinking in the world and do and focusing on your breath, sometimes like it just gets way too hard. And when you can utilize anger and utilize ego to push you through in those moments, you're gonna find how powerful it is. Now, I know in the self-help world, we always get those things like ego is the enemy, like never lead by anger, you never made a good decision when you're angry, all those things. And I'm not saying live your life like this. I'm just saying utilize these in the moments. And this is also not an excuse to be an asshole to other people, to treat other people wrong, to be a jerk. No, keep it inside. 
Keep it inside you. So I want to preface with, before I go into the actual strategy itself, I want to preface that, that this is something to use sparingly. This is not an excuse to be an asshole to other people. This is not something that you project outwards. This is something that you all cultivate within, right? And so what that strategy specifically looks like is in those moments of darkness, when you want to cultivate the dark side, what you do is you can think about several things. Number one, and the most powerful thing, is think about everybody who's doubted you in your entire life. Think about everybody who's doubted you in your entire life. Not from a perspective of their right, but from a perspective of I'm going to prove this fucking person wrong, right? And right, it sounds like even just coming out of a mouth, it sounds like a little uncomfortable in the moment. But when you can tap into that and lean into that, it becomes so powerful because there's something powerful about proving other people wrong. Now, I'm not, again, I don't want to say that you want to guide your life like that. But in those moments, sometimes like the best thing that you need is to ultimately show those people who said that you couldn't do it, that you can do it, right? And that can help you in the moment, right? So utilize that. Utilize anger, right? Like maybe you're frustrated about something. Like let me tell you, like there's been times where I just like did not feel like going to the gym at all and I would just get angry. And like I would go to that gym and have one of the best workouts ever. Um, And what I do to get angry is think about what I just said. Like all the people who doubted me, all the people who call me wrong, all the haters, like whatever. Like you can lean into that and use it to push you through when you need it like the most, but never make it your default. But I can tell you it's super powerful. David Goggins also talks about somewhat of a version of this called taking souls, right? And I'll, I'll let you read the book for yourself. But basically he just says in those moments of struggle, think about taking, you know, other people's souls or, you know, the soul of the course or the soul of the mountain that you're climbing or whatever that is, right? Like, and that can just totally fire you up. Like I remember, um, there was one time where, um, I guess a practical example more when I utilized this thing of anger was, um, and letting my ego, um, kind of drive in the situation was I did a Spartan race in Killington, Vermont, one of the hardest Spartan courses. And there's this one section of course called death March and, uh, it's two miles straight uphill. Like, and I'm not even talking about just like a, like a small incline. It's like a fucking steep ass incline. And, uh, I, I said to my friend, I was like, we're, we're going to, we're going to go up this thing nonstop. We're not stopping. And, uh, he was like, okay, let's do it. And I remember like after that first mile, I, my legs were hurting so fucking bad. I was like, just not having it. But all I was thinking, it was like, every time I pass someone, I was like, I need to pass this person. Oh, I need to take this person's soul. And I remember just going out like, and just fucking thinking, all right, I took that person's soul. I took that person's soul. It sounds maniacal. And you know, to be honest, it is kind of maniacal, but here's the point. The point is like, I'm not going through and like passing these people and saying, fuck you. I'm better than you or fuck you. I'm taking your soul. No, you keep it inward. I like kept it all internally within myself and did not peep a fucking word. And so, because This is not, again, an excuse to trample on people or think that you're better than other people or anything like that. It's just a strategy you're using in the moment to fuel yourself to keep going. And let me tell you, we got to that top of that mountain and and without stopping. And it was fucking great. And I was just fueling myself with that anger, with that chip on my shoulder, with my ego. And it just, it's so fucking powerful. Um, But use it wisely, my friends. Do not make it your default. Because in the end of the day, like if you make that your default, you're not going to have a fulfilling life. Like if you're always out there trying to prove people wrong or trying to come with this place of aggression and anger 24-7, you're going to find yourself very unfulfilled. Mostly because like 
when we look for things that are, it's, it's an external validation first and foremost. Second of all, like you're gonna drive people away from you because when you make it your default, it's inevitably going to spill out in the way that you externally react to people and it's never gonna end well. So keep it internal, use it 20% of the time. I would even say 15% of the time, but goddamn, it is powerful. So I thought it was worth mentioning. All right, everyone, let's go through the mental toughness playbook here. Five techniques that you can use to ultimately cultivate mental toughness in your life. Number one, utilize the cookie jar. Remember the times in your life when you were a badass, when you got through adversity, when you fucking just totally crushed it and keep that in a memory bank that you can pull out in those times of adversity. That is number one. Number two, utilize the power of the breath. Tune into your breathing, control your breathing, because if you can breathe, you are in control. It is a beautiful thing. Number three, know your why. And and here's like a really interesting thing too. I didn't mention about know your why. Your why doesn't have to be one sentence. Your why can be five whys, it can be 10 whys, it can be 12 whys. And the reason why I say that was, and I'm remiss for not um, saying this earlier, is um, if you wanna see an incredible feat of mental toughness, look up this man, James Lawrence. He did 50 Ironman triathlons in 50 consecutive days in 50 states meaning he would go to Hawaii, do an Ironman, and then the next day he would be in Alaska and do an Ironman, and then the next day he would be in Washington, do an Ironman, and he did that for every state for 50 straight days. Fucking crazy, right? And there was one part, I think it was day 30 in Connecticut, he fucking broke down, and he threw his bike, like he was in the middle of the bike ride, threw his bike, crawled up into a ball and started crying, and was about to quit. But then he said, I didn't just think about like one why, I thought about all my whys, all my reason. One singular why is not gonna get you through, but many different whys are gonna get you through. And let me tell you, it's fucking powerful. And you've heard it a million fucking times in the self-help industry. Know your why, know your why, know your why. I know Jordan Syatt, the guy who I had on my podcast, he makes fucking fun of it so much. But there's a reason why it's said so much because it fucking works. And so utilize it, don't discount it because you hear it over and over again and take the time to define what your whys are and why you do it. Number four, use micro goals. Focus on the next single task ahead because your brain is not only going to find it much more manageable, but you can also build a positive feedback loop by rewarding yourself and congratulating yourself and hyping yourself up when you check off that mental to-do list of those small actions and build momentum that's gonna keep you through that large task at hand. Micro goals, they are fucking powerful. And then lastly, again, use this sparingly, but it is powerful. Use anger and ego when you really need it. Think about the people who doubt you. Think about the things that make you angry, the message that you want to prove to people. Use that chip on your shoulder, whatever it is. Don't make it your default, but fuck, it is powerful. So anyways, my action item for you is plan to do something hard every single day over the next seven days and utilize at least one or two of these skills. And you're going to find that you're not only gonna be able to get through that thing, but you're gonna build that skill of mental toughness where something that would be perceived as hard to you in the past would seem like it's not as hard anymore. And not just because you're using these techniques and skills and strategies, but because you're training your brain to handle adversity much, much more. Again, your brain's like a muscle and you have to put it through stress and you have to use techniques to help you accommodate those stresses so that you can be the most mentally tough person because when you're mentally tough, you can lead to a life of fulfillment because you do the things that are scary but important. You do the things that are hard but are necessary. You do the things that require you to go for your dreams even though they are 
fucking hard. They're going to beat you down and anything like that. And let me tell you, here's the most important thing. I'll say it a million times again. There is nothing like the feeling of going the distance and feeling like you're going to quit, but not fucking quitting at all. That is a fulfilling feeling, my friends. And so I challenge you to commit to do something hard each, each day this week for the next seven days and then employ one of these strategies. I would suggest taking one of the first four and if you're really sucking wind, just get a taste of what that anger is like when you really, really utilize it correctly. But I'm gonna stop talking and let you get to it, my friends. And I wanna say thank you so much again for listening to this episode of the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We got a lot of great topics ahead. I cannot wait for you to listen to them. And yeah, always feel free to reach out to me on Instagram if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, if you have questions for me, if you're struggling with something, I'm more than happy to answer. And I'm on Instagram at Joe Corsione. I read my DMs pretty frequently and uh, I'd love to connect with you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Art of Film Podcast. And remember, create a fulfilling life for yourself. Take care.